We live by the word raise. Rise with God. Affirm your family. Invest in your church. Share in a group. Extend yourself out. So what is raise more? Join us for this two-week sermon series where we look at what happens when a body of believers raises more. Whenever, when I was preparing for this, I was listening to that song as I was telling you earlier. I would, man, I would, uh, I would listen to it over and over and over. And when it would build, you know, like I don't, I don't typically listen to uh, old hymns in the car. I mean, just to fess up, like, I, you know, it's like not my thing. But I was. And, man, I was so fired up that God would send his only son to make a wretch like me his treasure. And I'm going to tell you what, it blew my mind all week as I was listening to it. And I was hearing that verse. I was just blown and blown and blown away. At God's grace, to be considered his treasure. Can somebody throw an amen out on that? Thank you. Man. All right, let me pray for us real quick. Lord God, I just thank you so much, God, for your grace, for your mercy. God, you are with us, and we just praise you for that. We thank you that your promises are real, your promises are true, and that you will never forsake us. And so, God, I pray that you would just be with us today as we hear your word and God, be with the, the, the India team right now. Lord, they're struggling with some things over there. They are seeing some just amazing things happen. They're watching you work in ways that cannot be explained. And we just thank you for that, God. We pray for the hearts of those that are hearing your word right now. We thank you for that. And so, God, we ask you also to be with Lauren's uncle as he just prepares to see your face. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, if you don't know me, my name is Chris Kellum, and I'm the worship leader here at Bellwether. And man, I, I'm, I'm happy to be up here. I'm happy that, uh, that I can get up here and share the, the good news with y'all. And I, I want to say this, man. I love this church. I love this church. I love nothing more than watching lives change, watching God use this church to change lives. It, it trips me out. And I get so fired up about that. I love it when I see somebody it's tangible to me when I see somebody for the first time in their life accept the fact that God's love for them is so big. Like it trips me out, you know. I'm like, I mean, I love it. And before we do anything today, I want us to acknowledge, I want us to read, I want us to see that God is all-powerful. He's all-knowing. He's good, almighty God. And the greatest gift that he can give to us is the fact that we get to know him. That we get to know him. And he sent Jesus for that. All right, so if you have your Bibles today, turn to Psalm 139. I'm reading out of the NIV. I know you all have the NSV, but you can follow it up there. O oh Lord, you search me and you know me. You know when I sit, when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out, my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you know it completely, O oh Lord. Skip down to verse 7. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. 
Verse 13, for you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know them full well. My frame is not hidden from you. When I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. Does that get you fired up? Does that get you fired up? Because see, this is what I say. I say that, look, God created you. God knows you. He knows every single detail about you, every detail. He knows your thoughts. He knows your actions. He knows the good. He knows the bad. He knows the things that you think he doesn't really need to know. Like, that's how good God knows you. He created your inmost being. And the great thing is his that he created it before anything else. Is it like before all this stuff, before earth, God knew you. And there's nothing you can do. There's nowhere you can go. You can't escape God's love. Look, that stuff that you've got inside of you that think, yeah, I don't know. You know, this Jesus thing, I don't, I don't, I mean, there's a side of me. And if Jesus really knew me, he wouldn't, he wouldn't dig me very much. But yet, but the word tells us, wait. You know my inmost being. You know everything about me. Everything about me. Do you believe that today? I mean, really, I mean, I'm asking, do, do you believe that? Thank you. That is reason to get fired up, isn't it? I mean, is that not, I'm so excited about that. And I don't know, I'd like to, you know, can somebody just give me a, I hope, look. I know that that trips y'all out some, but I'm telling you, that is the best news you can ever, ever hear. Best news you can ever hear. I love fishing. Anybody here like to go fishing? Yeah, Misty, okay. We, uh, this summer I was, my family and I, we went to the beach and, and uh, I, each morning I would get up and I would go out and I'd get in this little kayak and I would, it's a fishing kayak. I'd take my redneck to the beach with me and... <laughs> So I'd get my get on my little fishing pole and I'd go out and you know I love fishing uh, at the beach and you know as opposed to the uh, to a lot I love going fishing in a lake too but you know in a, at the in, in a lake you can't really see in the water there's days at the beach where you can see all the way to the bottom you can see the fish and so I was in the kayak scooting around and I could see the fish as they just danced in the water they moved so elegant. And their eyes, would, the bait fish would be underneath us, and their, their eyes would be fixed on those bait fish. Wherever those fish, they were going after them. And I could see the colors kind of sparkling off of the fish. They were so beautiful in the water. The colors literally, it's like they danced across the water as the sun hit them. I was blown away by that. So I'd cast, and I'd, I'd look over and reel and cast, and I'd watch the fish just gracefully move through the water, and then I caught one. And as I reeled it in, I picked it up like that. When I did, it jumped off the hook, and it fell in the boat with me. And after I had a heart attack, I realized that there's, I noticed something about that fish. Is it just flopped around. It just flopped and flopped, and I was like, two seconds ago, it was so graceful moving through the water. And now it's out of control. It's flopping around. The colors which once danced off of the, off of the fish were now just kind of stale. 
And so I want to ask you today, does anybody here feel like a fish out of water? I mean, really, do you feel like maybe you're flopping around in life? Maybe you're, you don't really have a lot of direction in life? The, uh, you know, we, we, we see a lot of people here, and, and when, when I think about direction, you know, I think about students. You know, are, are you a student maybe, and you're, you're struggling with some things? Or maybe you're in school. What, what is it? In school, is school tough for you right now? Are you, are you about to go to college? I have a daughter about to go to college, and I know there's a lot of things, a lot of guidance that we're looking for, or maybe you're starting a new job, or maybe you've got a new career that you're considering. You know, all these things, just to be, just to be guided. And, and I happen to know, look, there's a lot of people, or there's some people here that... Man, life's kind of tough for you right now. Just, you know, honestly, life's kind of tough for you. Um, finances are pretty, pretty tough. Family's tough. Kids tough. I mean, just everything's hard. Everything seems hard. And, like, sometimes it's just difficult to put, a, put one foot in front of the other just to get out of bed and, and get walking. And then I know there's some here that are financially stable, got everything you possibly need, Life should be great. You're, you know, you got a little picket fence out there. The kids are perfect. The master hasn't been calling this week. So life's good. And, and you're like, something's missing. You're like, you maybe you're like, eh, just, what is it? What is it? One of the things you hear from us a lot here is Jeremiah 29, 11. And that says... For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, but to give you hope and a future. And and at Bellwether, we say that all the time because we truly want you to find and to know God's will for your life. So today, one of the things that I want us to talk about is a quick little four-step process on how to discover God's will, God's plan for your life. And what I've done is I've gone through the Word, and I've just picked out, I've looked through it, and I've, I've looked what, what I believe is a four-step process, and, and it's spelled out in, in the Word. Step one, accept Christ. Now, let me just say, if I could get all of you to do that right now, we could be out of here real fast. <laughs> Be real, real quick. But look, this is why I say that. Ephesians, Ephesians 1.11. I love the message Bible. I love reading some parts out of that. And Ephesians 1.7 says, It is in Christ that we find out who we are and what we're living for. Let me say that again. It is in Christ that we find out who we are and what we are living for. And so it is in Christ that we find out who we are and what we are living for. Charles Spurgeon says, We have a... We have a great need for Christ, and we have a great Christ for our needs. It's in Christ that we find out who we are. And so when you accept Jesus, there may be some of you here today that, don't, that you don't know who Christ is. But when you accept him, see what happens is when you accept Jesus into your heart, and you start following him, your, I, your will begins to line up with his will. You hear that? Like your will begins to line up with his will. See, 
He, Jesus is our Heavenly Father, right? And we believe that when He becomes your Heavenly Father, those wills start lining up when you start following Him. In fact, Jesus even mentions it right here. In Luke 11, says, and I, I find humor in this, because, you know, I like to, I grew up thinking Jesus was like this guy that when he did something bad, he'd be like, and just knock you out, you know? <laughs> and like, I have so, I was so wrong, you know, and I, and I realize now that, you know, anyway, I find, I see humor in some things that he says, and, and I especially, and I, just to, on the side note, is when he kicked over the tables at the temple. That's when it did it for me. That's when I was like, yeah, I'd be kicking them over too. But that's on a whole nother deal. Luke 11, 11 says this. Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or what if he asks for an egg? Will you give him a scorpion? Man. I didn't see any of y'all nodding yes, hopefully. <laughs> if you then, though you're evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? See, he knows. He knows. He knows what to give you when he loves you. And he has a plan for you, and he knows, he knows what that is. He knows what you need. Step one, accept the gift of salvation. Accept it today. I wish you would. Accept it today, right now. And once you've done this, then we move on to step two. And step two is Paul says to, Paul says, Paul is speaking in Romans, and he's speaking to the Christians of Rome. See, so Paul says in step two, if you've got this, step two, by the way, is do not conform to the pattern of this world. And here's, let me read this to you real quick. And be thinking, remember, he's talking to the Christians. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good pleasing, and perfect will. So step one is that you accept Christ. Step two is stop conforming to the ways of the world. I have a daughter, Riley, and when she was, uh, when she was probably two or three, whatever, she went to the fair, and she won this fish from the fair. Like that in itself is funny. You know, we've all been to the fair. We've seen that little place. You throw the ping pong ball and like these fish are swimming in these bowls. And anyway, she won this fish and she came home and the fish was in a bag. It was a goldfish. It was in a bag. And she was so excited because, and then she named it Dorothy. And see, Dorothy was, you know, the most beautiful thing that Riley had ever seen. She was so happy, and I figured, you know what? This fish has got a two-day lifespan max. We want it to fair coming home in a bag, you know, named Dorothy. I'll take care of this fish for two days, and then when they're gone, I'll flush her down the toilet, say whatever, and we'll be good. Well, <laughs> this fish had the lifespan of an elephant. I'm not kidding. It was the craziest thing ever. So I started, um, I'll show you all my, my shady side. I I would clean that bowl out for so long. Every week, I clean that bowl, I clean that bowl, and I'm like, man, dad, come. I wish this fish would just, well, y'all know. And <laughs> I don't want her to start crying. She's in here. But it got to the point to where, you know how you're supposed to, like, take the water 
and fill a water bowl up, let it get to the temperature of the other water and put the drops in. And Well, I did that for, gosh, probably three years. I'm not kidding you. And so then I would finally, then I was finally like, okay, whatever. I, you know, after three years, I'm reaching in, I'm grabbing Dorothy, I'm turning on the water and just holding her under the water as I <laughs> duck. And then I just throw her back in there and take the squirts and squirt it in there and just walk off. And I grabbed Dorothy one time and I went like to turn the water on because this hand was full and I went like that. When I did, she went down the drain. And I had to take the little prong things that you pick up a steak, and I grabbed Dorothy, and I picked her up. And that was two years before she died. <laughs> I was telling you, Dorothy had it going on. But so finally, after a long period of time, I was like, look, Riley, I want to teach you how to take care of Dorothy. I said, oh, that's all you got to do. You just take care of Dorothy. Look, clean the bowl out. Every week, just clean the bowl out. When it gets done, no, no I said, when, it, when the bowl gets dirty, just clean it out. Clean it out. She said, okay, I, I, I can do that, Dad. We took Dorothy from the kitchen, dropped her in Riley's room. You know, it was a big deal. Well, I go in there several weeks later, and I just really hadn't been paying much attention to Dorothy. <laughs> I walk out, and then Riley comes running out. She goes, Daddy, 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 Dorothy ran away. Oh, and I said, well, what do you mean Dorothy ran away? And she said, she's gone. And I just went, oh, no. So I walked in there, and I looked, and I couldn't see anything. I just saw a brown bowl. <laughs> and I said, Riley, you can't even see Dorothy. You don't even know if she's in there or not. And she, I said, why is the bowl so dirty? She said, well, I didn't even realize it was dirty. And I was like, and she said, Dad, I've been looking at it every day. I see Dorothy all the time. The bowl never got dirty. And you see what happened was, over time, she didn't even pay attention to this to little bitty detail. And that once clear bowl that allowed her to stare into what she saw was beautiful, Dorothy, had gotten a film on it she didn't recognize, and it created a barrier between her and Dorothy. She couldn't see her. What Paul is saying, do not conform to the pattern of this world because when God is, when, when you're a Christian, when you accept Christ and his spirit comes and lives in you and he's whispering in your ear, hey, hey, do this, don't do this. Do this. Don't. When he's guiding you and you don't do it, it creates a barrier or you feel a barrier between you and Christ. He's still sitting there calling you. He's still talking to you. But when you go against what he's asking you to do, you feel as though there's a wall between you and him. You stain the glass. Stain the glass, just like Riley was saying. That's why he was saying, don't, hey, don't do that anymore. Don't conform any longer, is what he was saying, to the pattern of the world. And there's so many people here right now that are feeling disconnected. Look, I'm not, 
one of the things that happens when you work at a church is that you, you talk to a lot of people and you hear a lot of things and they, they, they come to you. And so I, I'm able to sit down with people and Johnny's able to sit down with people and Jill and Jerry, I mean, just all of us. And I hear so much from people this time of year. Let, let me tell you all what the number one thing is I hear this time of year. When somebody comes to me like, dude, Keller, man, I'm just, I just, man, I'm just not feeling close to Jesus right now, man. I'm like, first thing I say, well, why do you think that is? Well, I don't know. When's the last time you went to church? Oh, well, dude, it's football season. You know, uh, it's been a while. I mean, you know, Ole Miss played, and then, you know, State played, and my wife and I, we're, you know, I pull for one, she pulls for the other. And every week I'm going up there, and I mean, you know, dude, I don't mean, I just have a couple cocktails in the grand, ain't a big deal, but, you know, and it goes, there's not one thing in the world wrong with heading up for the football games. In fact, y'all are at a church that's probably the most freaked out college football fans here. John Hughes, one of them, and I'm the other, and Jeremy's the other, and Jill, and she just thinks we're stupid. But, <laughs> man, we love college football. But I'm telling you, I don't care if it's football. I don't care if it's cutting the grass. I don't care if it's going hunting, whatever it is. If it stains the glass, you got to stop. You can't conform to the pattern of the world because we want nothing more. We got an almighty God that gave Jesus for you. Don't stain that. Don't stain the glass. That's what Paul's talking about. When you hear God's little voice whispering to you and he's asking you to do this and you don't, uh, and I'm speaking from, listen, I am the most guilty or guiltiest, whatever. Mom will tell me later. Um, <laughs> been getting corrected on my English from <laughs> literally since I could speak. But when you, when, when that happens, when God's whispering for you not to do something and you do it anyway, so you create that barrier. When God whispers for you to do something and he's saying step out of the boat and you take that step, You've just crossed over the barrier because you feel excited. You feel close to God. Do you know that David, King David struggled with this? He struggled with this. In fact, in Psalm 19, 13, David says, Keep your servant from my willful sins. From my willful sins. Then he says, Let them not rule over me. And man, I'm so glad he said that because I literally pray that prayer every single morning of my life. And then I probably pray it another 20 times during the day because I'm, I try to listen. I try to listen to God. And sometimes he asks me to do something. I'm, man. But I try not to stain the glass and step out. I stain it a lot. I want you to know that. I'm guilty. But see, that's what Paul's saying what Paul's saying. And David even struggles with this. So I ask us today, listen, I want you to ask God this in your prayer today at some point. I want you to just pray and just say, Lord, is there something I should be doing? Lord, is there something I should not be doing? Simple. 
Because what I do know about God is he is faithful. What I do know about God is that he hears you. What I do know about God is he loves you. And when you ask him that, he'll answer. And he'll let you know. And you'll have that little, you'll have that little check in your gut. And you may not like it. Or you may like it. And I promise you this, husbands, he's not telling you to stop cutting the grass. I don't want your wife coming to me going, hey, listen, man, God told my husband, what? <laughs> you know? <laughs> That's why I don't do the dishes anymore. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so look, what, look what's next. Number one, accept Christ. Number two, do not conform to the pattern of this world. Number three, which is back to Romans 12, two, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. That's amazing. Amen? Is that, I mean, that, that's it. That's the formula. You want to know what to do? He just spelled it out for you. Just spelled it out. Put away the junk that's going on in the world, right? Take that step. Climb out of the boat. Listen. And then open up, your, open up the Bible. Get in God's Word. Spend time with Him daily and renew your mind. Renew. I love that because what, it, what it's talking about, when you break that down, what that's saying, make your, literally make your mind new. Make your mind new. And when that happens, God's going to start whispering to you even more and even more and even more. He's going to say, hey, and you're going to know. Then it says to test and approve what his will is for you. Test and approve. So now we see God starting to make his will known to us. And guess what? That will is good which means it's good for you. It's pleasing, which means you're going to love it. You're going to like this. I know there's some of us that are so scared that God's will is going to be, whoa, man, I need to move to Africa and like, you know, pierce my nose and whatever. But that's not, I mean, look, it may, that may be. And if he calls you, hit the road. It might be. But it might be that the job that you once didn't like all of a sudden becomes a ministry for you. And his will's being done. And you're getting fired up about what he's doing through you. Your, will's, your will starts to line up with his. I love what Jesus says in John 10.10. 10. He says, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I've come so that you may have life and have it to the full. Some translations have it abundantly. Abundant life. Who here doesn't want abundant life? I didn't think anyone was going to raise their hands. That means that everything you ever dreamed of, now that your will is lining up with his, abundant life. Accept Christ, number one. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, number two. Number three, transform your mind. Get in God's word daily. Spend time with him and let him start making that 
will known to you. And then number four, if you're taking notes, I want you to put this in bold. Psalm 4610, be still and know I God. When he says be still and know, you know what he means by that know? It's the equivalent of concrete. He wants you to know. I mean, like, there's no doubt. Actually means you're going to find peace in it. When you find that rest that God's talking about, be still, be patient. Stay in his word and be patient. As God starts, as he's transforming your mind, be patient, but confident, knowing that he is God. That is powerful. He is God. And he loves you so much that he sent his son to make a wretch like us his treasure. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. I'm not here to harm you. To give you hope and a future. That's the God that we serve. You want to know God's will for your life? Really? Except don't conform. Get in the Word. Be still. Be still. And know He's God. In Jesus' name, amen.